Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 26. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. Today, my guest is Becky Keefe. Becky is the community manager for Dayspring's Encourage, a widely followed online community where authentic and brave women connect deeply with God and others. She is also a popular speaker for MOPS groups and other women's events and is the author of the book, No Better Mom for the Job, Parenting with Confidence, Even When You Don't Feel Cut Out for It. Becky is a huge fan of Voxer, Sunday naps, and women in the thick of it. She and her husband live near Los Angeles, where they enjoy hiking sunny trails with their three spirited sons. Welcome, Becky. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Becky. I'm so glad to be here. You are the first other Becky on the show. <laughs> the first Becky, Becky conversation we've had. <laughs> I like it. I know. It's uh, when I was even just our emailing. I'm yeah. like, Becky, it's Becky. Hi, yeah. Becky. So, are you Rebecca? I am Rebecca, which I have a vivid memory of someone first calling me Rebecca when I was maybe four or five years old. Uh-huh. And I remember it was at church and I went to my mom afterward. And I'm like, mom, somebody called me Rebecca. And she's like, well, that is your name. I was like, what? <laughs> I felt like betrayed. Like, how is that my name? Like, my name is Becky. So I've never, only like my mom and my best friend's mom and a couple close friends ever call me Rebecca, but. I'm totally yep. the same. Is it CCA or K-A-H? CCA. Me too, me too. Fancy that. Yeah, nobody calls me Rebecca. For a while, like yeah. in my professional world, I was like Rebecca Rusin, like my byline. <laughs> but like, I don't even know why I ever used Rebecca because nobody called me that, but I felt like it was more professional or something. Right. Um, anyway, welcome. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, I am so excited because uh, Becky has a book. It's called No Better Mom for the Job. And if you're anything like me and you put a lot of pressure on yourself in a lot of different categories of your life, especially motherhood. Um, and so we're going to chat about that today and chat about her book and what she has to say about it. And I'm um, looking at some of the lies we tell ourselves. Uh, but before we get going, Becky, can you tell us a little bit about Encourage, this community that you manage and what it is and what it looks like and what you do for them? Yeah, absolutely. So Encourage is part of Dayspring. And so as part of Dayspring, we create resources that help women live their faith. And Encourage essentially looks like an online community. So you can check us out at Encourage. It's Encourage with an I, I N Courage dot me. And really, we use stories as bridges of shared experiences um, tied to biblical truths to help women know that you are not alone. And so, as the community manager, I I'm really living my dream job. Mm-hmm. I get to, um, I, I'm a writer myself and I get to come alongside um, an amazing team of 26 other writers and we create content and Bible studies and uh, I get to help cast vision and just kind of help shepherd this community, which is really there to serve our greater community. Um, so I get to work, I work from home um, and yeah, I love it. That's so cool. Um, so we can check it out. Say it one more time. It's encourage.com. It encourage I N uh-huh. courage dot me. Dot me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dot me. And so yeah, we if you're looking, we publish um stories and devotions seven days a week. We have book clubs. Um, we have a lot of we have books and Bible studies. And really, if you're looking for a place for a little hope, a little light, but also we just come to the table sharing our own messy stories. No tidy bows, no <laughs> good cliches. No trying to quick fix anyone's life, but just saying like, 
you're not alone. We're in this together. And how can we point one another to the hope of Christ? I like it. That sounds like my kind of place to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Becky, tell us, um, so your book is called No Better Mom for the Job. And I'm guessing, we haven't chatted too much yet, but I'm guessing maybe there was a time in your life when you didn't believe that to be true for yourself. Um, tell me a little bit about um, maybe the early years of parenting for you and um, just how you came to write this book. And if you've always sort of believed that, but never, maybe you didn't live it out every every year that you were parenting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, so I absolutely had many years where I did not believe that I was the right mom for the job. I really felt like someone else would do a better job in my shoes. So uh, I have, as you said in the intro, I have three spirited boys, <laughs> as I like to call them. Anyone else listening with spirited children? <laughs> solidarity, to, solidarity to you, sisters. Um, so my boys are now uh, nine, no, that, the one is nine, 11. <laughs> but I usually don't start in the middle. <laughs> I don't usually start in the middle. I'm a little confused this morning. Um, 11, nine and a half, seven and a half. Um, and they are my joy and I love being their mom, but motherhood really, really, really rocked my world. Um, I had three boys in three and a half years, um, which was crazy. Craziness and God's uh, goodness and grace poured out in an unexpected way. But um, especially when I think back to my early years of motherhood, even before I had three, even with just my one, my first son was just spirited and strong-willed to his core. And I remember thinking, and I can't remember exactly when the thought first entered my mind. It could have been after a brutal nap strike or car seat buckling meltdown. Um, but I remember having the thought, there's something wrong with my child or there's something wrong with me, but either way, we are not a match. Mm. And I just, it was this underlying feeling of inadequacy that just kind of swept over me and kind of became a banner over my motherhood. And then when my second son came 19 short months later and number three crashed onto the scene 22 short months after that, so often I felt like another mom, another woman would be able to love, train, raise, handle, wrangle these kids better than I could. And so really, um, No Better Mom for the Job is the book that I needed as a mom in the thick of it. And to be honest, it's a book I still need. And I hear from women every day who have, you know, who are in the toddler and baby years, but who are also raising elementary school age kids like I am now, or tweens or teenagers or even empty nesters. And really, it's the book that it's the truth I need to keep preaching back to my own heart yeah. that says God did not make a mistake in making me the mom of my kids and that he is with me fiercely in the thick of it. And that means that not that I'm going to parent perfectly, but I can parent with confidence um, because I know that God goes with me. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a book that I keep, I keep needing and it's my delight to be able to share it with others who are like, oh, I have felt that way too. Yeah. Becky, what about like, what was making you feel like you weren't a match? Can you give us some more examples of like, yeah, I don't know, was it personality clash? Like what was, give us some like real life in the thick of it moments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Personality. My, my oldest, his name is Noah, and all three of my boys are wired similarly. They are just nonstop. I grew up with mostly my mom and two older sisters. Um, and so to go from living a life with, with all females to living this life of all boys, I just was not prepared for the volume, the noise, the 
the, the nonstop energy and activity. But, um, and so that was part of it. And it really made me have a sense of feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. And I think that my kids were still are higher than average energy and curiosity. And so for example, like a very, like I had these pictures in my mind of what motherhood would look like. I think we all do. So like I pictured going to the library and spending hours (laughs) pouring over storybooks, right? I pictured, um, you know, simple, I'm not talking about extraordinary things. I'm talking about simple things. Like we will go to the park and we'll have a picnic and we'll maybe meet a friend. And those simple, ordinary things were the very things that triggered feeling like I was a total defeated mess. I felt so frustrated with my kids because we couldn't go to the library. My my son wouldn't sit and listen to the nice lady read the nice story. He was the kid who wanted to climb the bookshelves and, you know, we'd go to a park and my friend's daughter would sit nicely in the sand, scooping and sharing her shovels. And yet my kid was the one climbing to perilous heights and he had no fear. And um, so I just, I felt like, oh, like, why can't I get my kid to behave, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't even just like a matter of like behavior and like, am I being consistent or am I doing these good parenting things? It was more like this, like the spiritedness and like, what if I'm not the right mom to help shepherd that or contain that or keep him safe? Yeah. Yeah. No, those are good examples. And I know a lot of, um, I have one daughter and I know it's, we don't have boys at this point. So I can see the differences, you know, between boys and girls. I know a lot of moms, I have a lot of friends who do do have boys and feel Mm -hmm. similar things or who have felt similar things. So how did you start to kind of flip the script on the, that narrative in your head of, I'm I'm not cut out for this. Like, how did that begin to change in your heart and your head? Yeah. Oh, so many things. Um, But one really practical thing I started to do was I had to realize I had to stop comparing my motherhood, my kids, both to other people's actual lives and to the imagined pictures I had of what motherhood should look like. Um, And in the process of doing that, I started to identify what are the things that are continually making me feel like a failure as a mom or having unnecessary frustration with my kids. And so one of those things I had to realize was going to the park. Like when, if I so, and I talk about this in the book a lot, I was, I was so lonely and desperate for another mom friend to do life with. And yet, you know, trying to meet at a park that had, you know, a skate park over here and a sprawling parking lot and equipment that was too high for my kid. And, you know, I'm trying to keep the toddler from eating rocks and nurse the baby and, you know, all the things at the same time, like that was not setting us up for success. So one of the things I started doing was thinking about how can I set boundaries that will embrace who I am as a mom, Mm -hmm. who my child or children are, and set us up for success. Not worrying about how someone else is mothering, but set me up for success. And so I started to create simple guidelines. And one of them was during those little years, we would only go to fully gated parks. Like it was such a simple decision. And so sometimes that meant my friend asking like, hey, like I live down the street from this beautiful park. Like, hey, do you want to make it meet at Finkbeiner? No, no, I do not. <laughs> because there was a hundred reasons why that park was going to set us up for disaster. But yeah. I'd be like, hey, I would love to get together. Are you willing to drive an extra 7, 11, 15 minutes to go to one of these parks? I stopped going to the library when my kids were young. And I, I'm a writer, Becky. Like <laughs> I, I love to read. I love books. But I was like, why am I doing something over and over again that's making me feel like I'm not good enough. I can't make my kids behave like for this season. 
let's read books at home. Let me pick up books at the library and bring them home. Let's read the same story a thousand times because my kids love it just as much. So kind of letting myself off the hook for what I thought motherhood should be and instead finding, I I want to delight in my kids. I want to enjoy them. So how can I do that by setting some boundaries that are going to eliminate those frustrations and set us up for success. That's so good. I think we, I know I do that. It's like, no matter who you are, what your situation is, no matter how many kids, if they're boys or girls, like, I think we all tend to like have that fairy tale, this stuff in your head that you've dreamed about or that you would imagine it to be even simple things. Like you said, going to the park, it's not like you're creating some like fantasy scene in your head, but I think we all do that. And it's more like, well, what does it look like for me for now? And it's, right. God has different things for everybody. And I, I think that's really good. Like it's smart. Just have those like simple boundaries that can make such a big impact. I think that's a really good practical thing. Right. And it's not always, and it's not also just about um, avoiding the things that are hard, but it's also pressing into like your strengths as yeah. a mom and your kids' strengths. And so like one of the things for us, like I realized I was a better mom and my kids were better um, and just more full of life if we spent time every day outside. Yes. You know, so just getting that fresh air. So as a family, we love to go hiking. Uh, When the boys were little, we would go to like local arboretums where, you know, I could, there was paved paths and we could have the double stroller and the baby strapped to me and then let them get out and run. Um, So think about like, not only, you know, what are areas for you that cause frustration, but what does your child delight in? You know, maybe, maybe you have an artsy little girl. How can you lean into that together? You know, maybe, um, you know, whatever it is, find ways to connect with your child and, and build in the things that give you life. And also say for a season, we are going to put some parameters around mm-hmm. our family um, so that we can thrive and not just survive because so much of motherhood just feels like survival mode. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's things that are always going to feel that way, but gosh, if I can say for the season, I'm not going to go to the library. And if that creates a little breathing room, mm-hmm. a little freedom in my heart, like that's a good boundary to set. And now that my kids are older, like we go to the library, like <laughs> it, it's a fun and enjoyable thing. Well, my 11 year old might not say it's enjoyable, but it's still, it's still fun. Um, and so boundaries are there to give you freedom and can be changed in different seasons. So good. Uh, Becky, why do you think we as women, why do you think we put so much pressure on ourselves or like have these expectations of what motherhood should look like for us and our families and like what then we're disappointed by them? Like, why do we do that to ourselves? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I thought about that quite a bit. I think certainly, you know, societal expectations, social media, all the pictures we see out there play a part of it. But really, Becky, I think it comes down to the fact that we care so much. (sighs) Motherhood, whether you come to it by birth or the labor of adoption or fostering or marriage, I think we all know that it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's a high calling. And so I really think that we feel so much pressure because it feels like there's so much at stake. We so want to love and raise our kids well. And I think when, at least for me, when I look at like the needs of my kids and their different personalities and, and temperaments and, um, you know, educational challenges and all the different things. And, and also that I, I want them to love each other. I want them to love Jesus. Like there's so much that I just want for them. And I look at my own 
self and I'm, I'm human and I'm sinful and I'm selfish and I'm fallible. And it feels like the gap between what I have to give and what is needed is so big. I think that that's where the pressure is created. And it's like, how do we find, how do we find that bridge? Yeah. I think that's a great answer. I think that's very true. Like me, all my friends, like, of course we care deeply and like God put that on our hearts to like take care of these people and you want, Mm -hmm. we want to do it well. Right. And you love them so much. Like you just, you love them. Of course you want to do it well. Like, yeah, I think that's really smart. Um, So how do you, how does, what is your life now compared to those early years where it was frustrating and challenging and you were learning to put new boundaries? Like I know the boys are a little bit older now, so it's a little bit different and seasons are different, Mm -hmm. but like how do those challenges that you probably still have, like, what does that look like now compared to then? Like, how do you approach those when they come? Mm -hmm. How do you feel? What do you do with them? Yeah. I think the biggest difference between how I mother now and how I did in those early years, of course, like you already acknowledged, like my kids are in a different season Mm -hmm. and there's blessings and challenges in every motherhood season for sure. But I think now instead of instead of first looking inward of like, how am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to meet this need? I look outward and upward and realize like, God, you are here with me. What do you say about this situation? What do you say about the gifts you've already given me? How can I apply those? One of my favorite verses, and I remember uh, when my kids were little writing this out, I felt like feverishly like on note cards and post-it notes and putting it everywhere I could. And it comes from the book of James. And it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he or she should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And it, and I, if there's anything I've learned in motherhood, it's that I, I need God's wisdom. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers for challenging, challenging parenting moments or, um, you know, when, uh, you know, a kid is having, I think of all the different scenarios when you're going through medical issues and you're trying to find the right diagnosis, or you're going through educational issues and trying to figure out why your kid is struggling in school, or you just want them to stay in bed, or you know, whatever, like the whole gamut of things that we deal with as a parent, I need God's wisdom. And so learning to, look to God and rely on scripture as a young mom too. I, and I talk about this in the book. I, I didn't know I was angry until I became a mom. I have a whole chapter called when the people you love the most bring out your worst. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had to admit that I was dealing with anger and later in James, it also says, you know, everyone should be quick to listen slow to, <laughs> and slow mm-hmm. to become angry, you know? And so just hiding God's word in my heart and in those moments, realizing like, that's like, that verse is not reserved for Sunday morning. That is for Thursday afternoon, Friday night in the thick of it. God, will you meet me here? I, I am quick to anger. Like, would you come and give me wisdom in this moment and learning to really trust him and invite him into the messy parts of my motherhood? Yeah. <clears throat> I remember when we first came home from China I, with Vera, I was dealing with so much, just a ton of pressure on myself. I didn't realize I was doing, giving, you know, putting on myself and just the anxiety that I had and like the weight of the responsibility um, and all these things. I'm a one on the Enneagram. I take things very seriously and, you know, I want to do a good job. I want to do it right. 
Um, and I remember one of my friends, Chelsea, I was just like, I don't know what to do about, I think it was sleep at the time. And it's a sensitive subject with an adopted child. Just, there's all sorts mm -hmm. of different layers of it. And I remember Chelsea telling me like, I can't tell you, Becky, how many times like the Holy Spirit like gave me my next step or the next decision or whatever. And like constantly yeah. like in tune um, with the spirit and having that just like as a daily part of your life. And I was like, of course, like I've done that. And why wouldn't I do that now? I do that in other categories of my life. And so just like learning right. to lean on that and trust that and know that it's not up to us to make all these decisions all the time or mm -hmm. um, to respond like, you know, being slow to anger instead of feeling stressed out and angry. Um, so that was a huge help to me. And it seemed so simple and obvious, but I was like, yes, yes. It's not all on me. Right. Um, so that's helpful for me too. Yeah. Um, Becky, let's talk a little bit more about your book you have so far already, but how else are you helping women navigate these struggles that we're talking about? Tell us a mm -hmm. little bit more about some of these chapters, um, some different things, advice, practical things, things that you've been through that are going to help women uh, get through or just like change the perspective, I guess, not even get through because we're all in the thick of it in different ways, but right. like change our perspective on these struggles that we have. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's so many things, but one that really comes to mind that was transformational for me in going from feeling like I'm not cut out for this job to know God, like you are with me was replacing negative internal dialogue mm -hmm. with intentional thanksgiving. And so one thing when I was in the thick of it I I realized that I really had a lot of negative tapes playing in my mind that were turning up the volume on my feelings of inadequacy. Things that said like, yeah, Becky, this life is too much for you to handle. This life is too much for anyone to handle. And I was so focused on my lack my lack of time, energy, creativity, patience, joy, you know, all the things, lack of personal space, like can a woman not just go to the bathroom alone? <laughs> no, Please. no, no, you cannot. You cannot even take a mommy time out alone without your children finding you and that you're eating Fritos in the laundry room. Um, you know, so I was so focused on my lack and, um, I remember I was, a friend had given me 1000 gifts by Ann Voskamp. This was probably, um, nine years ago. And it sat in a desk drawer for a really long time. Cause I'm like, I have three little kids. Like I have, I have no time to read, but I remember pulling it out. And within the first few pages, I remember reading this thing that just changed everything for me. And Ann Voskamp wrote, um, the problem with life is never a lack of time. It's a lack of Thanksgiving. And if you're familiar with the book, um, she gives you a challenge to count a thousand things you're thankful for, which are really a thousand ways God loves you. And so it was that in partnership with God, I, helping me identify these negative internal dialogues that were going on in my mind that I really started to change my perspective and, and enjoy motherhood more by choosing to slow down and give thanks in the moment for life's little gifts and blessings. It didn't change the circumstances of my days. Like I still had a lot of challenges at the time I was working part-time from home at a job that was not the joy of my heart, mm -hmm. um, just to help, you know, pay our bills and things like that. Um, but intentional Thanksgiving really did change my heart and mindset and increase my joy. And so simple things like, you know, baking banana muffins with little helpers or, 
pulling out uh, socks warm from the dryer or leftovers so I didn't have to cook dinner. That's um, the best. <laughs> right, right. That's how I live my best life is just having stuff stocked in the fridge so I don't have to make dinner every night. Yes, absolutely. Um, so definitely identifying those negative tapes that were playing in my mind and they're going to sound different for for all of us, but I think we all have them. And for me, like I wasn't, I wasn't an outright complainer. But I realized that, that my ingratitude, my discontentment, it did slip out mm-hmm. in lots of ways. Like, you know, if you'd asked me during that season, like, how are you, Becky? I'm like, fine, tired, busy. I mean, those are all such our easy responses. Yes. But that, that sigh that would like slip out before I would say anything about the good, I think was a sideways m- means of trying to seek affirmation, seek someone to to see me in the struggle. And I think we should definitely see each other in the struggle. but realizing too, like that God already saw me. He was there with me and it all points back to that. Yeah. I know in the book you talk about uh, friendship and community. Yep. Um, Tell me a little bit about, I know you said earlier on, like you were just like desperate for to to do life with somebody else. um, And it was hard because of the different like boundaries you were putting in place. Like tell me Mm -hmm. kind of where you were at and how you, how that changed for you over time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was another really surprising part about motherhood was how lonely I felt despite being surrounded by kids all day long. Like I wasn't physically alone, but I was really lonely. And I went from working full time at home, not, no, not at home, working full time out of the house to being, um, home with my kids and working part time. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't, in an early season, I didn't have a single mom friend to call during the day. Um, and so part of the, the story I share in the book, one chapter is called, I just want one real friend. Mm-hmm. And that was really my prayer. Um, and through, uh, through a series of circumstances, God really brought me from a place of floundering alone to thriving in community. Um, and I think one of the ways that, you know, if you're feeling that feeling of like, I'm not cut out for this mom job is we've got to surround ourselves with people who we can mother shoulder to shoulder with and who instill confidence in who you are as a mom. And so I remember um, one of my one of my first mom friends, Amy. Um, I remember walking into her house, and my little toddler is the kid who he went and literally opened like every cupboard in her kitchen, and I was like so mortified. And she's like, "That's phenomenal! Like he's curious! Like that's amazing!" And I was like, um, "Thank you for thinking that that is amazing, and yeah. not and not being uh, not being thinking that my child is rude or I can't control him." But Amy was one of those friends who really gave me the freedom to parent how I needed to parent. I remember her telling me that, like, Becky, like, parent how you need to parent. Like, if it's one of those days where you need to, like, lay down the law, you know, we all have things that we're trying to train our kids on. And if you need to, like, go toe-to-toe with your kid over putting on his shoes or sitting down while he eats his lunch, like, do that. But if you need the freedom just to ignore, to let go. Let it all hang out. <laughs> let it all hang out. Like, you can do that. I remember the most empowering thing she said to me was, she said, Becky, there's nothing that you or your child could do that would surprise me or make me think less of you. And those were such life-giving words. Um, then when I had three littles and even now, and I try to say that to other moms. And so um, I think there's lots of things that can keep us from community. Things like false thinking, mm-hmm. believing that everyone else has their friendship plate full. False thinking that says I'm too fill in the blank. Right. Like, what if, like I'm too awkward. I'm too shy. I'm too much. That was mine for me. I felt like I'm, I'm too much. This, these kids and I are too much for other people. Um, 
And maybe that was true for some, but that wasn't true for everyone. Yeah. You are not just whatever season of motherhood you in, what, whatever challenges you're facing, whatever temperaments of your kids, like you are not disqualified from friendship. And so definitely, um, yeah, learning to lean into community was transformational in my motherhood. Yeah. I think that's so important. I have a tendency, I used to, now I'm better about it because I became aware of it, like tendency to like, they don't understand a certain struggle, but Mm -hmm. what I've learned and what it's obvious now, but like, of course they might not, but we all have different struggles and we can all like come together, whether or not it's the same struggle or not. Right. Um, That was a lie that I had in my head for a long time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really good. mm Mm-hmm. What would you say, like, if you have a mom who is going to read your book and she walks away, she reads the whole thing, like, what is your prayer for her? What do you want her to get out of this? How is she going to be better equipped? Um, Yeah, she finishes that book. How do you want her to feel and go on with her life? Mm, That's a good question. I have so many, I have so many prayers for uh, the women who would read this book. But if I had to boil it down to one, I want my prayers that she will know that she is not alone. Um, primarily because God really is with us in the thick of it. His word says that he goes before us and behind us and hems us in. And I just love that imagery that, you know, he's, he's not surprised by things that surprise us. He's not shocked. Um, and really I want her to know that not only will he equip us for what is to come, but he's already equipped you for what is now. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I talk about in the book that we, need to learn as women to live eyes wide open to our current strengths. How has God equipped you to be the mom of your kids? We're also keenly aware of our weaknesses and there's certainly things that we can all improve on and grow in. But right now there are things that you do that God purposely planted in your heart, in your personality, in your makeup to minister to and meet the needs of your children. And so I would hope that she would have read those chapters and identified for herself and every day say, yeah, like talk to yourself like you would to a friend, like mm-hmm. look at your strength, look how beautiful you're, you're mothering. Um, and, and, and then believe it yeah. and thank God for it. If there was one way, and maybe you touch on this, if there is somebody who like feels like, I don't know what my strengths are or they're too yeah. hidden or too far gone at this point. Um, do you have any advice for her to like, kind of become in tune with those things? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm super, I, I'm a list maker. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of be, can be an awkward, but really practical practice of write down the things that you are good at. And, and the number one rule in doing this little exercise is, um, don't discount what you do well and don't compare it to someone else. Because another mom's strengths have nothing to do with your own and make it really small and simple and practical. And it might, might even feel silly. So I remember the first time I did this, cause I was in that season of feeling like, God, I don't, I don't know that I do anything. Well, I could think of, I could rattle off a whole list in my mind of all the ways I was falling short. I didn't cook organic gluten-free meals for my kids. And I, I didn't use hot glue and glitter to do crafts with my kids. And, um, you know, all these, all these images that I had in my mind of motherhood, but what did I do? Well, well, 
I was really good at being physically affectionate with my kids. We like to cuddle and hug and give back scratchies. I was good at helping my kids take cardboard boxes and turn them into amazing imaginative creations. And that is a skill. Right? <laughs> my I husband was, is really good at that and he makes these animals. I'm like, how did you do that? Did you look that up? No, no, it's out of his mind. I was like, good for you, babe. Right? Um, you know, and so for you, it can be something as simple as like, Maybe you're really good at teaching your kids to read or the ABCs. Uh, maybe you're good at French braiding hair or painting, you know, polishing little nails or flossing tiny teeth. If you are good at flossing your kids' teeth, that is a super strength. That is also a super I strength. Am, I, I, am not, I am not good at that. Um, but to write down what you do well. And if you're really in a season where you can't see it, ask a friend. Ask a friend because I can guarantee that someone else can rattle off five things that you are good as a mom. And I think that once we just start rehearsing the good instead of rehearsing the hard, rehearsing the good instead of rehearsing the lack, um, it infuses fresh strength into our motherhood in a way that helps us to see, wow, like I, I do do that well. Um, so yeah, those are just some, yeah. I think make it, make it small, make it practical. Maybe you're good at like gre- greasing a squeaky scooter wheel, or you're good at, um, you know, taking a small budget and stretching it to feed your army of children. Or maybe you're good at, you know, balancing back and forth between mom and best friend. If you have an only child, I mean, every mom, no matter what your season of motherhood is in, you have beautiful strengths that you're using every day. And it's our, job, I think, to start living eyes wide open to those things. Yeah. And that just brings back to the title of your book, that there is no better mom for the job than yeah. than you or me. And I, he has us right where he wants us. Right. Becky, what do you feel like God has set you free from? Hmm. That's such a good question. Um, he has set me free from believing that I have to have it all figured out on my own. That applies to, I think, every area of my life, but especially to motherhood. Um, He set me free from believing that if I can't figure it out by my own strength or creativity, that I have failed. Um, And so he set me free through leaning on his word, leaning on friends, um, and knowing that I don't have to walk it out alone. Yeah, that's good. It's powerful. Where can we get your book? If we don't have it, I have it. But where can listeners uh, get your book, No Better Mom for the Job? Uh, it's available anywhere you love to buy books. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes and Nobles. It's, um, yeah, anywhere you like to buy books, you should be able to find it. Um, it's a regular book. There's an ebook. There's an audio book. So if you are in the thick of it and you're like, I can't sit and read a book, then you can listen to me, read it to you. Um, and you can go to nobettermombook.com also for links and more info. I didn't ask you this in the questions ahead of time, but if you had to pick a favorite part or a topic or something about your book, like what's your favorite part? Oh, um, I think one of my favorite parts is the chapter, um, when the people you love the most bring out your worst. And I tell some very, um, descriptive and funny now looking back, but mortifying in the moment kind of stories with my littles. Um, and it make, it puts a smile on my face now to think back. And really, I just want to come along. I just want to put my arm around that mom I used to be and be like, Becky, it's, it's okay. Your 
children just smashed a dozen eggs into your <laughs> carpet and there's sticky salmonella slime sliding down their arms and you just lost it. And yet it's going to be okay. And God is not angry with you. He is tender towards you. Um, and tomorrow's really bring mercies new. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah. where can we follow along everything you're up to see your family? Yeah, my favorite place to connect is on Instagram. So we'd love for you to come and find me on Instagram. I'm just at Becky Keefe. Um, and if you find me from listening to this podcast, please say hello and let me know. And I would love to um, connect with you. And it's just a place to where I share my daily life and encourage women in the thick of it. And together, just be real and cling to Jesus. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for sharing your experiences and the wisdom that you've gained. Um, it's really helpful for me listening as a newer mom and I'm sure for others listening too. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.